So it's good to be back in the pulpit. I always love preaching. It's a joy to me. I hope also a joy to you as well and fruitful in your lives. I would certainly hope and pray. And so good to be back here. Good to be preaching again after a couple weeks off and vacation. Um, you may remember before we had, you know, my vacation, a uh, couple of our elders actually filling in and preaching for me. Before that, the week before, last time I was here, we started a new series looking at key relationships, really important relationships in our lives uh, with other people. But also, as we're going to sort of finish this series, looking at that most important relationship of ours with the Lord himself. But so we've sort of been focusing on relationships, and that last week in this series, we looked at that very important relationship between a husband and a wife. And today we're going to continue with sort of a familial relationship, but really that of the parenting relationship, the relationship of a parent to his or her children. And certainly this is an awfully important relationship and one that is relevant, I think, to just about all of us. There may be a few of us who don't have kids, maybe some of the younger ones here, maybe a few others. But most of us have children, whether maybe young kids still in the home, um, under our authority, right, little ones like I have. Maybe for some of us, this might be the majority of us. Uh, but maybe they've now grown up, they're out of the home, uh, a little bit of a different dynamic, and we'll certainly talk about that and the differences, the way those relationships are a little bit different, whether they're sort of in the home still under your authority and what that relationship looks like and how we are to engage in that faithfully as a parent, uh, versus also if they're still in the home under your authority and what it looks like to engage in that parental relationship faithfully as God calls us to. But I think this parenting relationship, the relationship of a father or mother with his or her children, is an important one to talk about because I think we see this in the world around us, and I'd say it even is creeping into the church. I don't think it's creeping into New Hope Chapel, but nonetheless, I think it's important to talk about. And I think that just as we saw in our last sermon in the series that marriage in a lot of ways is in decline uh, in sort of a, a crisis situation as we see divorce all over the place, I'd say it's not just the marriage relationship that's sort of in decline, but it's sort of the family as a whole, the family unit as a whole, and even the parenting relationship as well uh, is, is certainly under threat and in decline, I would say, as we see more and more uh, absent parents, sometimes because of divorce, and so there's only one parent in the home and the other one is largely absent. Uh, maybe it's even a parent who's present, bodily speaking, but all too busy with work and other things and sort of emotionally, in a lot of ways, is sort of detached and not really present. Or, or maybe it's just parents who aren't really uh, instilling the right values and, and training up their children in a faithful way, but maybe are, are serving as a poor example to their children and setting their children off on the wrong path in life. And I'd say in a lot of ways, though, parenting, faithful parenting at least, is in decline and we're seeing faithful parenting less and less. And so I think it's an important topic to talk about. And really what we want to do is say, well, what does Scripture say about this subject, right? Uh, we're parents, many of us are parents, and we're called to live out that role faithfully, to engage in that relationship with our children faithfully. And what we want to say is, well, what does Scripture say about that? What does Scripture say about what a parent is and how that parent is to engage in their relationship with their children? And the first passage that I want us to turn to, I think this is a good place to start, is the Gospel of John. Chapter 15, verse 12. And we're going to look at a lot of different passages. We'll sort of be jumping around Old Testament, New Testament, sort of all over the place, uh, looking at what Scripture has to say on parenting, of course. And this is where we're going to start. John chapter 15, verse 12. Jesus speaking here, speaking to his disciples, but I think this is relevant for parenting as well. And here's what he says. 
this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved, as I have loved you. And again, I would say this isn't just for within the body of believers, right? We want to certainly understand Scripture in light of its context. And this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. And centrally what he has in mind is, well, within the body of Christ, amongst believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, what does he desire to see? What does he give as this commandment? That you love one another. How? As I have loved you. As Christ has loved them, as Christ has loved us, this is how we are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. But I would say Christ certainly has in mind that this can be extended to all relationships, right? We're called to love all people, and I would say that all of our relationships, all of the love that we show to others is to be characterized by this, a Christ-like love, that we are to love all others as Christ has loved us, and not just within the body of believers. And so certainly I'd say, this certainly goes for parents loving their children, that we are called as parents to love our children as Christ has loved us. And of course, how has Christ loved us? Of course, in a wondrous and glorious way, right? So much so, so wondrously that he went to a cross. He bore, he took our place, he bore our sins. He bore the wrath of God that we deserve so that we wouldn't have to. So that if we turn toward him in repentance and faith, we might have forgiveness and salvation and life everlasting. And that's the kind of love that he showed us. And then we as parents are called to go and love our children in that way. Not that we can do that for our children. We can't make atonement for sin, of course. But we are to love them in this wondrous way, self-sacrificially, in a way that's characterized by great kindness and, and sort of a heart, a care, a concern, a compassion, an affection for our children, right? Great sacrifice. And as we think of parenting, certainly it's going to involve an awful lot of sacrifice. As we think of how Christ has loved us self-sacrificially, well, part of that parenting role is going to involve a lot of giving of ourselves day after day after day for our children, for their sake, that they might be blessed as a result of our faithful, faithful parenting. And so certainly we are called to love our children in that Christ-like way, self-sacrificially. Uh, what else does that look like if we think of sort of what is Christ-like love for, from the perspective of a parent showing that toward a children? What we want to look at is sort of fleshing that out. What does that look like day in, day out as a parent is going to show Christ-like love to his or her child? And I would say we want to look at this sort of in two different senses. One in the sense of, you know, imagine you have a young child, and some of us do have young children. What does it look like in that situation? But then to recognize there are certain uh, distinctions and differences once your children grow up. You don't relate to them in the same way now that they're grown up, they're on their own, they're adults. We're still called to love them, of course, uh, as parents in a Christ-like way. But the way in which you live that out is going to look uh, a little bit different. And so I really want us to look at these two different types of parental relationships and how we're to engage in them faithfully and how, in a specific way, we really live out, of course, this Christ-like love. What does that really look like? And so we're going to take a look at a number of passages and really flesh that out. I'll sort of give us a little bit of a heads up and, and, and sort of tell us what we're going to see here a little bit. But we're going to see as part of really showing Christ-like love, if we think of the case of having a child, a young child, sort of like my four kids, little ones still in the home, still under your authority, part of that is, is raising them in the faith, right? And we'll talk about this a little bit more, but we have that responsibility to train them up in the faith, in the knowledge, in the instruction of the Lord, and part of that is discipline. Not that that's oh so popular in our world today, but that's part of what that role and responsibility uh, entails. We're going to see that part of that is just sort of 
spending quality time with your kids, right? If you love them, if you're going to love them in a Christ-like way, right? It's not just sort of the training and the instruction. It's not just the discipline, but it's also just out of love wanting to be with them. Not being sort of that absent parent, but being present, engaging with them, investing in that relationship, showing that kindness and love and care and concern, right? And so we're going to see all of those qualities. Uh, commitment is another quality that we're going to see as we think of sort of that Christ-like love and living that out faithfully. Just as Christ was committed to us, his people, right? It is so committed that he ultimately went to a cross for us, even though the, we were steeped in sin, enemies of God. He didn't say, I'm done with you guys. You're sinful. You're wretched. I know I sort of planned to come here and do this atoning work on the cross, but you're so wicked. You're so vile. I'm out. See you. Done. No, but he was committed in his love for his people. And in the same way as parents, right, as we think of our children, there needs to be a commitment in that love toward one's children, right? And that means not bailing on your relationship with your spouse, so now you're not in the home and you're absent as a parent, so that's part of it, being committed to the whole family unit, but also being committed to your child, even as your child is maybe rebellious and difficult, not sort of throwing in the towel and saying, you know, I've had it, I'm done, have it your way, do what you want, but really being committed in that Christ-like love to your child. But so let's dig in, let's really see what scripture has to say on the matter, and I want to turn first, we were in the Gospel of John, I want to turn next to 1 John, so John's first epistle, chapter 3, verse 18. And here's what it says. John writing, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Now this is again in the context, sort of like in the Gospel of John, uh, looking at relationships within the church. Right? That's sort of the specific context, but I'd say that it applies really to all loving relationships. Uh, it's not that it only goes for that specific between brothers and sisters in Christ relationship. It goes for all. And what's being said here by John is basically, here's how you're to love. Not just with words, right? It's good to say, I love you. And if you think of your relationship with your children, it's good to reaffirm that and say, I love you to your children. But that can't be all. If you really have a Christ-like love in your heart for your children, that's going to make itself manifest through actions, right? If you really love somebody, specifically we're talking about loving your kids, you're going to live that out day in and day out with actions of love. And that's what John's talking about here. He's saying, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, right? Don't love in that way only, just sort of saying it talks cheap, right? Actually live it out, show it with your actions. The love that you have in your heart ought to lead ultimately and bear the fruit of actions of love. So he says, right, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And this goes for that parenting relationship. If we're going to engage in that relationship with our children and show Christ-like love, we should say it, but it can't be a matter of just words. You can't just go to your kids and say, I love you, and then have no regard for them. Your kids are going to know better. They're going to know through your actions that there's a lack of love, but rather we need to show it day in and day out with actions. But now I really, in this sort of, in a sense, if we look at that passage from John and from 1 John, this goes for both situations of whether you're talking about young kids in your home, whether you're talking about uh, grown children who are sort of on their own now. Either way, we're to love our children in a Christ-like way, and that should involve actions and not just words. But at this point is sort of where we're going to sort of separate the two and look a little more specifically first at if you have young kids in the home and say, okay, a little more specifically, what does it look like to live out Christ-like love as a parent toward your children? And we're going to turn now uh, to the Old Testament and look at Proverbs chapter 22. We're actually going to look at a few verses in Proverbs. The first one is chapter 22, and this is verse 6. And here's what it says. 
certainly a well-known verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I want to pause here for a moment and sort of talk about this, this verse, because I think this is one that can at times be a little bit misinterpreted. I've heard instances, and I can even remember being in seminary and a professor talking about how uh, she had numerous parents come to, that, come to her and say, you know, you know, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm confused. I read this verse in Proverbs, and I feel like I did this faithfully. I trained up my child in the way he should go. That is, I raised my child faithfully in the Lord, teaching him right from wrong. And then what does this verse say? Well, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. So yeah, I wasn't perfect in it, but I did a good job raising my child in the Lord. And yet, you know, this verse says he's going to continue in that way and live that out faithfully. And yet, hey, that's not what happened with my son or my daughter. And I can remember that professor sharing that uh, and, and what her response to it was. And I absolutely agree. And it's this. We have to understand the genre of Proverbs, what that literature of Proverbs is. And the book of Proverbs Speaking of genre and style, it's a collection of, as you'd expect, proverbs. And what we see with proverbs is that at times, yes, the proverbs can be sort of absolute truth in the sense of without exception, this is always the case. It's sort of a promise from the Lord. There are no exceptions. This is truth in every situation. But sometimes the genre of proverbs is sort of a general truth speaking to the way things typically go or operate in life. Right, so it's sort of speaking in sort of a large way of, you know, looking at generalities and the way things typically operate. Not to say that there can't ever be exceptions, but rather there of course can be exceptions, but in a general way of speaking, this is the way things typically operate. And I'd say some of the Proverbs fit that style and that genre and have that meaning, and I would say this is one of them. This is not sort of a promise from the Lord that 100%, if you train up your child in the way that he should go, that, hey, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. But I would say it's a statement of general truth that this is sort of in the majority of cases, this is the way things operate. That, hey, if you're faithful as a parent, if you train up your child well to know the Lord, right, in the knowledge and teaching and instruction and discipline of the Lord, in general, they will appropriate that and then live that out faithfully the rest of their days, right? And then you could sort of flip that around. But again, that doesn't mean there are no exceptions. Indeed, there are exceptions. And you could think of people who are raised well by their parents in the faith, and yet they've sort of thrown that away, and, and they're living, you know, they reject the Lord, they don't believe in Him, they're living contrary to Scripture and so forth. There are exceptions, to be sure. And you could even flip it around if you train your child up poorly, setting a poor example, not teaching right from wrong, and in fact being an example of sin rather than a faithfulness to the Lord, right? If you train your child up poorly, in a sense, in general, what you would expect is that they're going to appropriate that sinful way of life and live that out the rest of their days. But again, it doesn't mean that there are no exceptions to that. Rather, of course, there are exceptions. There are people out there, plenty of them, and certainly this is a wonderful thing that even though they maybe were raised in a poor manner, right? God has worked in their hearts, led them to himself, right? They're following the Lord faithfully, have true saving faith in him, are mature believers. That certainly happens. Those exceptions are, are very real. But this is a proverb that's just speaking about sort of general truth, sort of in the majority of cases, the way things typically go. And that's sort of part of the genre of the literary style of proverbs, that at times it's just speaking sort of general truth, the way things typically operate. And that's what's being spoken of here. 
But as this is significant for our specific sermon and what we're talking about, this key relationship of a parent with his or her children, right? And of course, we're talking about living out Christ-like love. Specifically, now we're talking about if you have young kids and what does it look like to live out Christ-like love as a parent toward your young child in your home, your little one. Well, part of that is raising your child in the faith. That's what this is talking about. That's sort of what uh, is being, uh, we're being challenged as parents to do here, to train up our children in the way that he should go, in the right way, to know the Lord, to know the truth of his word, to know the truth of the gospel, to live faithfully and obediently to the Lord. And again, as a general rule, that child will appropriate that and live that out faithfully the rest of their days. Not a promise, but generally speaking. And I do want to jump to one of our later passages. We're going to come back to it later on, but it's relevant for talking about what we're talking about now in Proverbs, raising our children in the faith. And this is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And Paul writes here, he says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And that's the part we'll come back to later. But, he says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Right? And that's just reaffirming. We see this all over Scripture, this calling upon, upon parents to raise their children in the faith. Right? As it's put here, right? In the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is part of what we're called to. And if we think about it, right? If we really love our children, and we love them in a Christ-like, wondrous manner, aren't we going to want to give to them the greatest thing that we have to offer, and that is the Lord himself, right? If we're really loving our children, this is something that we're going to want to pass on to them more than anything else, because it is the thing, or the one, God himself, who is of greatest value and importance. He is the great treasure, and so we would want to, as loving parents, pass this on to our children. So this is part of that role of being a parent. It's part of the responsibility that we're given. Certainly being a parent is a great joy, but there is a responsibility in that as well. And part of that is training up our children well, raising them faithfully uh, in the faith to know the Lord. And of course, praying for them, right? Praying that they would certainly, that God would work in his or her heart and ultimately lead that child into his kingdom. But now part of, as we're sort of talking about raising up our children, this is part of the calling, this is part of what it looks like uh, to be a faithful parent. This is part of what it looks like to live out love uh, Christ-like love to our children, right? Training them up, of course, in the knowledge of the Lord. Part of that, what sort of naturally comes with that at times, is discipline, right? As we're raising our children and seeking to raise them well, they're not always going to be wonderful little children who do exactly what they tell, uh, what we tell them to do. Certainly mine don't, uh, and I'd imagine that for others it goes the same way, right? Uh, they're sinful just like we are, and they want to do their own things at times, Right? And discipline is, is necessary. And I'd say we live in a world where all the more, the, the sort of a growing trend where it's becoming more and more popular for parents to just want to be sort of like best friends with their children, right? As their children are growing up, they just want to be buddies rather than recognizing part of the responsibility of a parent to raise their children well and discipline being a part of that. And certainly you should want to have a good relationship with your children and there can be a friendship that's there, but it can't be just that. It can't be, oh, we're just friends, we're BFFs, we're best buds, and that's all. And because of that, I don't want, you know, I just want to affirm everything my child says or does because I don't want to rock the boat and I want to be friends with my kid, right? That's not what it is to be a parent. Yes, there should be a wonderful relationship there, but part of that is discipline. And again, it's, it's done in love. If we really love our children, if there's going to be there a Christ-like love, 
you're going to want to do and seek to do what's in the best interest of your child, right? And even though it isn't pleasant to discipline, I don't particularly like it, you know, I don't like to see punishments come upon my kids. I love them, I don't like to see them miserable because some punishment makes them sad and so forth. But because I love them, I realize it's what they need, right? It's important for them. If there isn't discipline, what's gonna happen is, well, there are gonna be no boundaries set in that child's life. There's gonna be no sense of what's right, what's wrong. What will be encouraged is sort of a do whatever you want, whatever feels good. And that is not what's best for that child. And so I recognize in the lives of my kids, and hopefully you do as well, that. The loving thing to do, because you care about your child, is to discipline. Even if it seems unpleasant at first, it is the loving thing. And this is what scripture says. Looking at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, it says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Right? It's actually the loving response to go and discipline your child when your child is sort of off track, sort of, you know, wandering into sin, not living in a way that's uh, in accord with God's commands and so forth, right? The loving thing is actually to discipline because it's what's in the best interest of that child. And so as a parent seeking what's best for your child lovingly, you're going to discipline. But, of course, to spare the rod, as it says, is it's to hate your son, to put it another way, right, that's sort of hyperbolic a little bit, but it is an unloving response of a parent to fail or to neglect to discipline a child who's erring and sort of heading off track, wandering into sin, right? And I think oftentimes those who fail to discipline, in their minds, it's sort of like they're doing it out of love, right? That, that's sort of the way they're thinking is, I care about my kids so much, I just, it's so hard to, to bring punishment upon them, to discipline them, I feel bad. And I sort of get where that, that train of, of thought is coming from. But again, if you really think about it and you think of what's best for your child, the loving response is to discipline because it is what is in the best interest of your child. And we see this all over the place. I happen to pick Proverbs 13, 24 here, but it's just all over scripture. I'll read another verse in Proverbs. This is 29, 15. And it says, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Right, basically, discipline ultimately, in a sense, imparts wisdom. There is a wisdom that is imparted as you discipline your children, and they wind up gaining a knowledge of what's right, what's appropriate, what God desires, what honors Him, and a knowledge of what's wrong, and so forth and so on. Whereas, of course, if you don't do that, right, if you sort of leave a child to his own devices, right, a child left to himself, what's going to be the result, of course, well, that child's not going to learn what's right, what's wrong, they're just going to do whatever they feel like doing and they'll sort of dive headfirst into sin, into rebellion toward the Lord. And of course, it will ultimately, as this passage says, bring shame to his mother. You could add in there to his father as well, right? In a sense, uh, the way that child will wind up living will be so disgraceful, it will be shameful to the whole family is effectively what's being said there. And so discipline is so important. And I, again, I, I want to emphasize it because I think more and more we're heading into a culture, sort of the culture around us says, oh, discipline, you know, we don't need to do that anymore. Don't be harsh with your kids. Just be friends with them. No big deal. And of course, that doesn't lead anywhere good. Discipline is an important part of parenting and part of how we are to engage with our children in a loving way, in a, in a Christ-like way. Um, 
but going on is we're sort of talking about discipline, raising our children faithfully, training them up in the knowledge of the Lord, raising them in the knowledge of the Lord, and discipline being a part of that. I also want to touch on a couple other verses that I think relate to the matter of discipline, and at times how fathers in particular, and we're singled out here, dads, uh, can be at times overly harsh and at times provoke children to anger. And so I want to read these passages, right? Paul makes a point not just to mention this once in Scripture, and if it's in Scripture once, it's, it's worth making note of and, and, and hearing and faithfully following, right? If it's there twice, all the more, it's just sort of emphatic. And here Paul says, I'll read these two verses, Ephesians 6, verse 4, and also we'll move on then to Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. And Paul says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And then in Colossians 3:21, fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. And I think that this is something that fathers at times, sort of in a fallen fatherly state, fathers can do. It doesn't mean that mothers are totally immune to it, but I think sort of part of the, the fallen male is just a little bit more, uh, has a little bit more of a tendency toward this than maybe a mother in a fallen state. And so that's why Paul particularly singles out fathers here. But I think at times fathers, and this can be in different ways, I think sometimes it can be in the context of discipline, which is why I mention it as we're talking about discipline now. I've seen this happen in, in my own life as I've been disciplining, and probably in particular happens to be James, where uh, Generally, I'm probably a little bit easygoing and lenient, maybe a little more lenient than Liz is even at times. Um, but I also have sort of this line where if you cross it, then it's like I'm done. And, and I sort of lose my patience and maybe I wind up being uh, overly harsh in my punishment and discipline afterwards. Uh, and James in particular responds awfully negatively toward it, uh, somewhat understandably, because he realizes he's being treated unfairly, that I'm being overly harsh, and his response is to be provoked to anger because I'm not being fair, I'm not disciplining in love, I'm probably disciplining a little bit in anger, and the response is to provoke him to anger. And I think, again, this is probably something, it's not that moms are immune to it, but probably fathers, our natural tendencies were a little bit more prone to this. I'd say there are other ways in which it could happen, uh, just sort of thinking of different examples. Uh, you could imagine having, you know, a teenage daughter and, you know, she's at that stage where maybe she wants a little more independence and you're sort of trying to be this protective father, but maybe you're a little bit of a micromanager, a little bit controlling and, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. And maybe some of those, you can't, you know, you can't see that guy, you can't be with them. Maybe there's wisdom and value in that, but there's a place at which maybe you go too far and you're trying to control everything and what's the result? You provoke your child to anger or as Colossians 3.21 says also, the result of that can then be sort of a, a discouragement with the situation, right? And so I think at times fathers, doesn't mean mothers don't need to be on guard about this, but probably in particular fathers, we need to be on guard that Again, if we're going to love our children, our young children, in a Christ-like way, then we need to be careful not to be needlessly provoking our children to anger and discouraging them. But again, I sort of want to come back a little bit to uh, the Christ-like love that we're to show our children. Again, we're still talking about having young children at this point. We'll, we'll move on to, to adult children. Uh, but it isn't just, I sort of emphasized here, because I think it's important to emphasize it, but sort of I've emphasized thus far the raising our children in the faith, 
Uh, I've emphasized right the discipline that's sort of naturally a part of that, uh, and, and also and even in the context of discipline that we ought not to provoke our children to anger. But loving your children in a Christ-like way is more than just raising them in the faith. That's part of it. That's important. It's more than just discipline, but it is really just having that loving heart for your children that motivates you just to want to be present in their lives. That that motivates you to a loving kindness and a care and a compassion and a grace and a patience and mercy. Uh, It's going to drive you to want to invest in that relationship uh, as much as you possibly can. It's all of those wonderful positive qualities as well. And so if we really want to be the faithful parents that we're called to be, right, particularly as we're talking about having young children, we need to faithfully live out all of those qualities and so love our children in a Christ-like way and faithfully engage in that parenting relationship. First of all, for the Lord, it's what he calls us to, and we ought to live faithfully in service to him for his glory, but also for the betterment of our children, because the more faithful we are as parents, the more our children are going to be blessed by it. And so if we're really wanting to love our children, then we should want to carry out our parenting role faithfully for their blessing, for their betterment. But I do want to take some time uh, to talk about the relationship of a parent with a grown child, an adult child, since that's probably the case for most of us in this church here at New Hope Chapel. Most are sort of at that stage where maybe you're empty nesters, you have kids, but you know, your kid's 25, 30, maybe even older, and they're sort of off on their own. And and sort of that relationship and the dynamic, it's, it's naturally different, right? They still certainly owe you appropriate honor and respect since you're their parent. Uh, but sort of the authoritative relationship is not really the same and not there. You're not, uh, right, your children aren't under your authority the way they were back when they were 10 or 12 or whatever age. Now they're on their own, they're grown-ups, right? They're going to make decisions on their own, and that sort of uh, brings sort of its own nuances and distinctions to how that uh, parenting relationship is then to be lived out. If you're going to show Christ-like love, which you're still to show, even though your parents are, uh, your children are grown up, that is, you're still to show that, but the way in which you show and live out Christ-like love is going to differ in some ways. In some ways, it's still going to be different. Uh, it's still similar, that is. You know, you're still going to have that loving heart toward your children where there's going to be a desire to sort of be engaged in their lives. You know, they might now have their own life, their own wife or, or husband and kids, so it's going to be a little bit different, but you're still going to want to be engaged in their lives, and you're going to want to show love and kindness and patience and grace and all those wonderful things, right? You're still probably going to want to sacrifice of yourself in certain ways. There's probably going to be a little less sacrifice now that your kids aren't in the home, but you're still going to have that heart attitude where you're willing to sacrifice for your children. You're still going to want to invest in that relationship. You're still going to want to be praying for your children, just like when they were young. But I'd say where really you see the distinctions are when it comes to the situation where maybe your adult children are doing things that maybe you don't approve of in their lives. They're making choices that you look at and you sort of line it up with scripture and say, this isn't what God commands and you disapprove of what they're doing. But now the relationship's a little bit different. You're not the parent of a young child where you say, no, you can't do that. And there's some sort of discipline and consequence and so forth and so on. You're no longer the authority. And so things are a little bit different. And it can be a little bit difficult to navigate the new relationship and say, well, how do I relate to my adult child now that they're not in the home? They're not under my authority. I disapprove of these choices. But but what does it look like now to sort of love my child in a Christ-like way now that he or she is grown up? And here's what I'd say, in that situation where uh, things can often be different now that your child has grown up, I would say 
this is really how you should engage in that relationship. And first, it's to still set that wonderful godly example, just like you would want to do for your young children, right? When you have young kids and you're trying to raise them faithfully in the Lord, you're certainly going to encourage them to be in Scripture, and, and you're going to want to encourage them to be uh, praying, and you're going to be bringing them with you to church, and so, so forth and so on. And you're going to then be setting that example for them, and you're going to be living out that example that you desire to see them follow. And so you're going to be living out your walk with the Lord faithfully, right? Um, and, and while now that your child has grown up, you can't force your children to do certain things, to be in church with you on Sunday, to spend quality time with the Lord, quiet time with the Lord every day. You can't force those things, but you can still set the example and still be that godly example and be living out your faith day in, day out in a public way for your kids to see whenever you're engaging in life with them. And I would say still continue to do that. Live out your faith, live it out publicly, live it out openly, and be that example for your children. Even though you can't now tell them what to do, you need to go to church, you need to do this, and dictate those things, you can still be that godly example for them. And they're going to make their choice. They may choose to repent of their ways and, and see the wisdom of, of what you believe and the lifestyle that you've chosen, or they may, right, they may choose to, to follow that way, or they may choose to continue to live in their sin and, and rebel against the Lord, and that's their choice that they're going to make, but you can still set that godly example for them and sort of show them the way in that sense. And so I'd say that's sort of the first way in which you can engage in that relationship as the parent of a grown child, especially in that situation where maybe they're doing something you don't approve of. I would say the other way, not that this is different, but I'd still say it's, it's central, is just to be in prayer. Even as you're living out that godly example, be praying for your child. You should do that when they're younger as well, but just to continue to pray for your children day after day after day, whether they're walking with the Lord and doing so faithfully, whether they're maybe straying from the Lord and far from Him, Pray for your kids day after day after day. Just because they've grown up and they're on their own doesn't mean you ought not to be praying for them. But I would also say, and this doesn't just go for parents of adult children, but there is a time to speak the truth in love. And I would hope that you would do that with a brother or sister in Christ, a close friend, but certainly you should also do it with your children. I think there needs to be discernment in when to say something and when not to, but uh, just because your kids aren't under your authority and they've now grown up and they're on their own doesn't mean that there's no place for speaking the truth in love, right? If you see your child making some poor choices, uh, that are going to have lasting consequences. They're straying from the Lord. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm not their parent. Uh, I'm, I'm not, they've grown up. They're on their own. So now I'm, I've got to shut my mouth. I can't say anything. No, as, uh, as a parent and as someone who loves that person, who loves that child of yours, right, you are called to speak the truth in love. And it's important not to speak the truth, you know, I think you ought not to be doing this, this is contrary to what, the, you know, God's Word says, and speak it in a way that's judgmental, right, passing judgment upon your child, uh, as if, in a sense, they're still a little child and you're treating them that way, but to speak the truth really in a loving way and to communicate it that way as you approach your child to say, you know, I know you're grown and you're going to make your own choices, but I see you making this choice and I really love you, I really care about you, and I want to see the best for you, and so I'd really... Uh, encourage you to consider what God's Word says about that and direct them to God's Word and, and so forth and to really do it in a loving manner and then really just 
leave the choice up to them and come before the Lord in prayer and just ask the Lord to work in your child's heart. You can't make them choose what you want them to choose, but you can still set that example, pray for them, and as needed, speak the truth in love. But I think you need to do that speaking the truth in love in a real discerning way. If you're doing it all the time, day after day, nitpicking on little things, your child is rightfully going to feel like you're just acting toward me like I'm a little kid. But really, save it for the big, significant things that you really feel like something needs to be said about this and in that big situation to take the time to speak the truth and love to your child. And that's one of the ways, having grown children, that you can really love your child in a Christ-like way and engage in that parenting relationship, even toward an adult child. But sort of fundamentally, sort of coming back big picture, right? I don't want to just zoom in on, on just if you have young children, just if you have uh, grown children, but fundamentally what's at the root of all of this, right? We've sort of fleshed it out a bit, but what's at the root of all of it is this parenting relationship is to be characterized by Christ-like love. That's sort of fundamentally what's at the heart of it. How you wind up living that out day in and day out, it's a little bit different depending upon the age of your children and, and of course, sort of the, the life stage they're in. Are they grown up on their own? But fundamentally, as parents, if we want to engage in that parenting relationship, that relationship with our children in a way that's honoring to God, in a way that's going to be a blessing to our children, and indeed a blessing to ourselves as well, in every way it needs to be characterized by Christ-like love. And so I want to challenge us, those of us who are parents, or maybe there's some who aren't yet, but maybe will be sometime down the road, I want to challenge us to be faithful parents, to be the faithful parents that God has called us to be. And that means showing Christ-like love to our children, whether they're young, whether they've grown up, to really reflect that Christ-like love to our children and to really do it for the Lord because fundamentally everything we do is first and foremost for Him and service to Him for His glory, but of course also to do it to be a blessing to your children and knowing that as you uh, serve the Lord in this way, as you're a blessing to your children in this way, they'll be blessing for you in it as well as your relationship with your children will naturally grow and develop and thrive and that relationship will all the more be a blessing to you as well. So let's challenge ourselves to really be the faithful parents that God's called us to be and to show that Christ-like love to our children. Amen. And let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of children. Children surely are a blessing from you. But it's also a responsibility being a parent Lord, we know that we have been called as parents to love our children and to love them as you have loved us, Lord Jesus, in that Christ-like way. For those of us with young kids, that means raising them in the faith to know you, to follow you faithfully, to lead by example, to encourage our children toward godly behavior and practices. It means spending quality time with our children and showing that loving kindness and generosity and patience and graciousness, being committed to our children and our role as parents, sacrificing of ourselves, investing in our relationship with our kids. It means discipline at times, even when it's difficult. Lord, help us to faithfully live that all out for you, for your glory, and that our children might be blessed as a result. For those of us with grown children, Lord, much of it's still the same. 
We're called to exhibit Christ-like love toward our grown children, to pray for them, to show that loving kindness, to still sacrifice for them, to be committed to our children and our relationship with them, seeking to spend time with them. But certainly there are points of difference, Lord. And I pray that we would be wise to those distinctions, knowing that our children are no longer under our authority, but that we would still seek to be an example, a Christ-like example to them, and that at times as you lead us to, Lord, that we would speak the truth in love. And that even as we see our children straying maybe at times, Lord, that we would just be faithful in continuing to pray for them day after day after day. And Lord, just help us to be the faithful parents that you want us to be, that you are calling us to be for you, for your glory, and for the sake of our children. In your name we pray. Amen.